At this time, I'd invite you to turn to 1 Thessalonians 3. That is page 986 in your pew Bible. We are um, often in the evening when we do the prayer service following the lead of D.A. Carson's book, A Call to Spiritual Reformation, where he takes a look at a prayer of the Apostle Paul and says, what can we learn from this? And so we will, we're going to be looking at really the last three verses of this passage, but we'll read uh, chapter 3, verse 6 through the end. As you can hear, even in this small bit, the concern and the care that the Apostle Paul has for his brothers and sisters in Thessalonica. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you. For this very reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about you through your faith. For now we live if you are steadfast in the Lord. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all of his saints. Please pray with me. Lord, as we've already heard today about outdoing one another in honor Loving with brotherly affection, would you help us to apply this to our prayer lives tonight? That we would grow more in the image of Christ as we follow the Apostle Paul who followed Christ. For we pray this in his name, uh, Jesus' name. Amen. When I was in my skill training, which would have been 2000s, 2001, 2000 to 2001, it was a long period, it was six months in Georgia. And I, I had some Christian friends, and one of them, his name was Aaron, who was a few years older than me, and we'd encourage each other in the Lord. And so there was one time after class, we were in my room, and he said, let's pray. And I said, okay. And I think he was more experienced in this area. So he said, Let, let's, write, some, let's write, a, write a list down about what we should pray for. And he says, what do you want to pray for? I said, well, I certainly want to pray for my sanctification and um, just patience, dealing with all people here, and uh, definitely um, holiness as I fight against uh, lust and other temptations, that I would just be strong and honor the Lord, and I pray that I could really enjoy and adore God as I'm reading His Word, praying, and uh, God would help me be bold in, in my witness and, and really just to glorify Him in the way that I do my classes and be a good example for Him. And, and Aaron kind of cut in with a, just a big grin and he says, that's all good, but you know, that's kind of selfish. You've got to pray about other people, too, you know? God is glorified when you pray for people. That's basically the point of the sermon tonight. God is glorified when you pray for people. Now, clearly, when we talk to God, He's our main focus. He's our main object of communication and prayer. And it's obvious that the Apostle Paul gets caught up in enjoying God and in His glory as he breaks out, right, in mid-sentence sometimes, Adoring God and worshiping Him. So that's our chief focus. But it's also clear 
that Paul prays for his brothers and sisters, and he does it daily. Just listen to two passages, probably familiar. Romans 1, 8 through 10. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you, always in my prayers, asking that somehow, by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. Another familiar passage, Philippians, verses, chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy. So you, you can see from the Apostle Paul there, a, a prayer life that adores God, but to the, to the detriment of praying for people is, is lacking something. Just like you can't truly love God without loving your neighbor, can you truly enjoy the Lord in prayer without praying for other people as well? And I'll tell you, as someone who is introspective and leans introvert, and is more comfortable with structures and systems than, than people in relationships. I, I feel a stab of conviction as I read Paul's prayer and his, his almost uh, reflex praying for other people. What I want you to see here is that, that God's love moves Paul to care for other people. In the context, the Thessalonians are suffering persecution. And so he's especially anxious for them. And you can, he describes his, self-describes his gentle care. Go back to chapter 2, just starting at verse 7. This is how Paul describes himself and his fellow workers. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our, our own selves, because you had become very dear to us. Going to verse 11, for you know how like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. There it is. The letters just drip with, with brotherly affection. In fact, he uses um, two of the strongest metaphors of, of human relationships to talk about being father and mother to these people because he cares for them. Why is this care? Because Paul loves them and realizes that his, his life and his life's work and who he is is wrapped up with these dear brothers and sisters. Look at chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you are our glory and joy. Now, he also uses that that phrase, uh, crown and joy and glory, but to talk about Philippian Christians. So this is a, a phrase. And you could almost take this phrase out of context. Isn't this, isn't this a little too strong? That's, that's how you talk about Jesus, right? Well, you can see that Jesus is even there, the chief object of, of his coming and who he is. But Jesus is the one who says, well, you know, who is my, my, my mother and my sister and my brother? Who are my family? It's, it's the ones who love me and, and obey me. And, and the Apostle Paul there, not only as their leader and mentor, but as their brother in Christ, saying, you are my family, you are my treasure, you are my comrades who are experiencing the same gospel afflictions and struggles. You, your faith is a, is a witness to my faith. I care for you. And so his experience of Jesus moves him to love Jesus' people, and he yearns to be with them, and so he prays for them. So obviously here, as we think about this, 
a little bit of like what we heard earlier today, it is natural that we, as we grow in Christ, overflow in some way with affection for our brothers and sisters in a way that grows. We should desire to be together, to work together, to, to pray together, as we're going to do tonight. Uh, and and those, those human bonds are forged by mutual suffering, by common goals, by being united in Christ and delighting in who he is. And yet, I, I would say that as you read Paul, you know, his, his adjectives, always, never, without ceasing, uh, you can read Paul and come away really convicted. And maybe even a little too much. We should learn from Paul, but recognize that God does not call you to be Paul. Um, accept the conviction where it's helpful. You know, if this is not a category of this morning service or, or praying for people is not a category in your mind, certainly this is an area where you need to grow. But I think it's also important when you read Paul, because I, I did come away very convicted. And I was saying, what well, well, part of this is, is me not caring for people? And what is part of this is me being different than Paul? There's actually very few people in the world who are like Paul. Because if everyone was in the world like was Paul, the world would burn down. right? There would just be too much passion, too much fervor. There, there would not be just enough steady eddies to keep the world going. And so God has wired us differently. And so, so maybe you might just say, you know, what, do, what does caring look like for me? It may not be exactly like Paul, always having people burning on my mind, but that I'm growing in compassion for them. I'm learning to, to care about people and ask them how they're doing. I'm looking out for the interests of others. And, you know, you can be very compassionate without falling into that stereotypical just people person. One of the professors at Westminster, who's still there, so I, I won't. I won't name him, um, but really influenced me as, as just a godly man, was not a people person. And he was slightly awkward, and he didn't care. And so he'd have me into his office, and I'd ask him about you know, just questions, and, and he'd ask me how things were going. And sometimes the conversation was a little stilted and awkward. And you know what? He didn't care that it was awkward, but I could tell he cared about me, and it didn't matter. So what, what does that look like for you? You don't have to be Paul, but we do need to learn how to care. Well, how, what, do you, what do you do if, if, you, if you don't care? Well, this morning we were told, you know, out, outdo one another in showing one honor. Uh, we did not compare notes. Another way that you learn to care, and one way you outdo one another by showing them honor, is to pray for them. If you pray God's blessing on someone, and you really mean it, it's not just, you know, please help so-and-so, but you're, you're really asking the Lord to care for them, to, to, to grow them. Um, it, it's pretty hard to keep doing that consistently without starting to develop some affection, some concern for them. And as you're praying for them, sometimes after I pray for someone, I might just text them, say, hey, you know, just wanted to let you know that I prayed for you. Or maybe the next day I, or next time I see them, say, How, hey, you, you mentioned this. How's it going? How can I pray for you better? And so now your prayer is, is starting to develop care, which moves into a deeper cycle of prayers. It's a beautiful relationship that the Lord can use to snowball. Well, how do you pray? I mean, we're talking not just about the what, but, but how. Well, here's, um, here's a, something right from what Paul does here. Pray with a that. When the Paul, while Paul prays for people, he always has a that. He has a purpose. It's a godly purpose. You don't have to use the word that. But the idea that you are asking God to do something particular in their life, which will bring them closer to him. And so when 
The Apostle Paul finishes in chapter 3, verse 11. He says, Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you, and the Lord make you increase and abound in love, as we all do, and may he establish your hearts in holiness, blameless before our God at the coming. He says, I pray that you grow in holiness now and that you, in the midst of persecution, as we all pray for our brothers and sisters, that you stand firm to the end. So when, when Jesus comes and reveals, you get to experience him in all of his glory. So notice that Paul does not pray here for comfort and, and their dreams and all that, even as they're experiencing a lot of difficulty. So there is a place to pray for sickness and jobs and, of course, of all those things. But there should always be that that. At the end, the, the purpose that what God is in his sovereign plan is, is doing. Lord, would you provide this, this sister a job so that people can see how you care for her? You know, Lord, would you allow this young man an entrance into this school that he desires so that he could be a godly influence and you would use him there? Parents, you pray not that your children would grow up to be you know, individuals of great repute, but that God would mold them to be the man or woman that he desires wherever they would go. So pray with a purpose. Oh Lord, that you would do this. And when you start asking God not just to help someone or bless someone or be with a person in particular, but you start to get specific, that's where prayer really starts to turn to pleading. When you get specific, and perhaps that's intimidating for you. You say, I don't know how to do that. That well. I can't pray of that like that. So how do you do that then? The best way is to pray slowly with your Bible open. <laughs> Some of the best words to pray are just God's words back at him. And, and you can do it even, even you dip into a psalm and you don't even know the whole context. It doesn't matter. That's, this is God's blessing for his people. You can start there. You know, you don't have to understand everything, even as, as you're just looking at what Paul's saying. I can pray that for my brothers and sisters who are going through difficult times. When you see a description of God's glory that grips you in Scripture, you, know, then you can pray for your hurting friend that they too would experience that glory. Right? When your child is not getting along with their sibling or a friend at school, you can pray that they would see and be transformed by the love of Jesus that you just read, and that would work out in their lives. Sam is just at the point where he's saying everything back to us. He doesn't even understand what it is sometimes, you know, room, womb, right? Um, we can do that. I find it endearing, and our Father does too, even, even when our understanding is maybe not as solid as we would like it to be or think it should be. And you know, the beautiful thing is that when you are praying for God's purpose, not only are you opening up your heart to this person and you're praying God's promises for them, you're opening up your heart to God's promises as well. You're experiencing already what God says, and, and you're claiming it not only for themselves, but you're realizing it's for you as well. There's other, one other way I'll suggest that when you um, are experiencing your own trials, how you can pray for other people. Pray reflexively. When you experience something difficult, I don't know about you, but it can be very easy for me to, to get so focused on myself. Even as I'm praying, it's just me, God, and this issue. And my world gets very small. Well, what happens if you would 
ask God to help someone else who has the same problem. Now you're thinking outside of yourself and you're thinking about how God's grace could be going to that person as well as yourself. Uh, it's not just a form of spiritual jujitsu, but I, I, I know of a, a young man who was really struggling with lust. And he says, this is, this is just a spiritual issue in my life. And Lord, every time I face this battle, I'm going to pray for my unsaved friends. So Satan, every time you attack me, I'm going to turn this into a reminder, not just to pray for my own sanctification, but to pray for someone else, that God's grace would be real and active. And what do you know? His unsaved friend came to know the Lord. And it's not just a spiritual trick. It honors God because you are submitting to the gospel paradigm of service. As I am feeling difficulty and attacked, I am going to serve someone else through prayer. And as I do that, Lord, would you strengthen me with the provision of your grace? So what are you going to pray for when you pray? And it's not just what, who. Who are you going to pray for? May God give you a heart that experiences deeper riches and the experience of his love as we pray for those around us. Because prayer that prays for people is what glorifies God. Let's pray. Lord, you've made us all very different. But would you help us to grow up into the statues of the image of Christ, um, the fullness of him, and learn how to serve other people as we pray for them. Even now, Lord, as we think about what and whom we shall pray for, help us to pray with a purpose, even if it's very simply just mouthing back your words to you, Lord, that we would be a people who faithfully claim your promises and delight in your goodness. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.